Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, this is Jonathan Messenger, and welcome to The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. On today's episode... (laughs) On today's (laughs) episode... On today's episode... Okay, Bebop. What is it? What's so funny? Oh, hey, Jonathan. Oh, nothing really. I've just been getting email after email from listeners who liked Henry's idea from last week about a Bebop prank squad. And some of these pranks they're sending me are hilarious. Oh, that is funny. Well, all right, let's hear them. No, 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 Jonathan. They're not for you to hear. <laughs> The listeners have confided in me, but trust me, you'll see what the pranks are very soon. Uh-oh. I don't like the sound of that. Well, actually, Bebop, while we're on listener email, we got one here from our friend Yuri from Gainesville, Florida, who wrote to ask how you came to live in the Messingham household. I think he means messenger household. And if you have a sibling who might be able to go and live with him. First of all, Messingham is correct. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Second of all, Yuri, I had many brothers and sisters back on my home planet. But as far as I can tell, none of them landed here with me on Podcast Planet. You mean Earth. Podcast Planet. And as to how I came to live here, well, spoiler alert. No spoilers. Spoiler alert. You have hit on the plot of Bebop Tales 2, Electric Beepaloo. Electric Beepaloo? (laughs) Okay, Bebop. Let's move on to what's happening in this episode. If you remember what's been happening over the last few episodes, Paige has sown panic back on the planet where she was being held captive. But we're actually going to pause that story for a second and catch up with what's happening with the rest of the explorers, who, when we last saw them, were on their way to a new planet to recover a piece of the missing amulet. All of that in the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Episode 8, The Ice Boy Cometh. Vale was out all on his own. The wind on this planet never seemed to stop and he rubbed his arms trying to keep himself warm. It was so dark. Had it always been this dark? Finn, he whispered. Abigail. No answer. Elias. Foggy. Dogbot thingy. Any of you guys, come on. Where are you? It had been at least an hour since he had seen any of his friends. Or was it two hours? Or was it five minutes? Why was he getting so confused so easily? Come on, Vale. Pull it together, Vale. What's that sound, Vale? Said Vale. Stop saying your own name so much, Vale. It's weird. That sound seemed to follow him wherever he went, like skates sluicing across the ice. Off in the distance, there was a light. Nothing too strong. Not the light of a sun coming up over the horizon. Not even the pale glow of a distant spaceship. 
but there was a light. Is is that a trick? said Vale. Are you supposed to follow this light and this sound and then suddenly you're a hot dinner for an ice monster? Huh, Vale? Geez, stop saying your own name, Vale. As Vale came closer to the light, he could see that it was a small blue flame. The same shade that comes from the end of the blowtorches the Marlowe's engineers used. The Marlowe. How he missed the famous Marlowe 280 Interplanetary Exploratory Space Station. What he wouldn't give to be back there on the Marlowe, harassed by alien twins, or confused by the protofessor. Okay, Vale, get down, just in case. Vale ducked to his hands and knees and began crawling toward the light. It was casting long shadows now. He could make out small pillars standing around the light, sort of like an alien Stonehenge. Vale got as low as he could, and slowly made his way toward the light and the pillars. The closer he got, the more they looked like statues. And the more they looked like statues to him, the more familiar they seemed. He looked around to see if anyone was watching him. Was that sound getting closer or further away? Vale approached the circle of statues. In the center, the blue flame seemed to glow brighter. He touched one of the statues and realized it was ice, his hand nearly sticking to the frozen figure. He ducked down, looking again to see if anyone was nearby, and he entered the circle. He turned to look at the face of the statue closest to him, and when he looked the sculpture in the eyes, his whole body, his whole heart, went numb, and Vale felt like he was the statue. Before we find out what Vale saw there in that ring of statues, we need to go back to the beginning of this adventure, when the explorers landed on this frigid planet after blasting away from Graco with a shard of the amulet. They'd followed the glow of that shard to this blue, frozen planet. Why are we going down there? said Vale. It's all ice and snow. It's not like anyone could even live there. You know, no one has to live there, said Finn. Actually, that would be way better. We could just get the rest of the amulet and get off the planet. As soon as they stepped out of the pod, they knew it wasn't going to be so easy. Their spacesuits were, of course, insulated to withstand the freezing temperatures of space. But there was something about the wind, having it press the cold fabric against their skin, and the constant need to wipe away ice that formed on the outside of their helmets that still made them feel cold. I wish we were back inside Saffride's stomach said Foggy. I'd pack up a few of those lava creatures and take them with us to keep warm. It was difficult to see, but the shard of the amulet was still glowing in Finn's hand. When he pointed it north of where the pod had landed, it glowed a scarlet red, like a buoy in a dark and stormy sea. So the troop marched that way, through the snow, the howling winds, and a creeping sense that they weren't alone out there. So once we get the rest of the amulet, how do we handle the handoff? Said Abigail. What? Yelled Finn. The handoff. How do we handle the handoff? The winds were too much for the troop. Abigail and Finn were walking nearly side 
by side, with Finn just ahead of her, holding out the amulet. But they couldn't quite hear each other. Switch to your communicators, said Finn, tapping the side of his helmet. The team turned on the internal communications in their spacesuits. There. That's better. Now, Abigail, what were you saying? What's your name? What was that? said Finn. Did you guys hear that? Bali, if you are joking around, now is not the time. What's your name? What you doing? My name is Finn, said Finn, and he stopped walking. His friends huddled close. You guys are hearing this, right? Yep. Positively. Uh Definitely. My, My name is Finn Caspian. We're part of Explorers Troop 301. Who are you? That's a cool name, Uh, thanks? Can I have your name? Please, 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 please. Finn couldn't even see the faces of his friends. The snowstorm had grown so strong, but he imagined... They were as confused as he was. Uh, sure, said Finn. Yay, 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 yay. And why are you here? Don't say anything, said Abigail. Remember those little green hand babies? Whatever this is could be guarding the amulet like them. I I didn't say anything, said Abigail. You're not telling the truth. Uh, I'm not not telling the truth? What amulet? No, Finn, don't tell it, said Abigail. Why? Why won't you tell me? Because, said Abigail, I don't want to. Because. Why? I just don't want to. Why? I can't tell you. Why? Will you stop asking so many questions? Abigail! Yelled Finn. Abigail! Come in, Abigail, come in! He looked over, and he could barely make out the boot prints where she had been standing in the snow. Abigail was gone. Hey, what have you done with our friend? Yelled Finn. She's here with me. So, where are you going? We're not going anywhere until you tell us where Abigail is, said Finn. Can I come with you? The voice seemed to be made up entirely of wind, like it wasn't even an alien or a creature, just air angrily whistling around them. I don't think that's a good idea, said Foggy. We don't even know where you are. Come on. Let me come. Come on, please. But you took our friend. Please. You can't just... Pretty please. Pretty please. What are you, some... Foggy was gone. Foggy! 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 Yelled all four of the explorers who were left. Elias reached out and grabbed Finn's arm, and Finn did the same with Vale, his one hand still grasping onto the jewel, the red light still pointing the way. 
The dogbot huddled in the middle. What's that? It's part of an amulet. Ooh, can I see? Can you see what? Said Finn. The amulet. Can I see? Just for a second. I'm sorry, but I can't let it go. Come on, just for a sec. I'll give it right back. Finn hesitated. I'll be your best friend. Please let me just see it. See with your eyes, not with your hands. Finn was gone. Vale dove and caught the jewel before it was lost in the snow. What do we do now? He said to Elias. I don't know what to do in these situations, said Elias. I'm always the first one to get grabbed. This is crazy said the dogbot. Is this really what it's always like with you guys? Ooh, a puppy. Can I play? I'm not really that kind of dog. Come on, let's play. Play, said Elias. Really? This isn't a game. We're not playing. We're... Both Elias and the dogbot were gone. It was just Vale now. And seeing no other choice, he began stomping through the snow. Soon, the winds died down a little bit, and the snow cleared, but the ground was still covered in ice. Vale walked for what seemed like hours, but maybe it was only a few minutes. He couldn't tell. The voice returned to him every once in a while. What's your name? Vale. Eh, that's not as good as guess. Whatever, said Vale. What you doing now? Still walking. How about now? Still walking. How about now? <sighs> Still walking, said Vale. Don't you want to play? Sure, said Vale, trying to keep whatever Windalian it was happy. Totally. Let me just find my friends first, and then we can all play together. A giggle rose on the wind. Vale didn't say a word, but he thought he knew what was going on. The alien or the wind or whatever it was, it was just like a little kid. Like a lonely little kid, tugging at the sleeve of an adult or an older brother or sister. All of its questions, if it could come along, if it could play... If you could just see what Finn had in his hand. Those were the same types of questions that Paige was always asking Finn when they would play back on the Marlowe. And it always made her so mad when Finn didn't answer her questions. So Vale kept pointing the amulet, which lit the way, and he kept answering the alien's questions. What you doing? Walking. Why do you care so much about amulets? Because we need to rescue our friend. What you doing? Still walking? Vale answered all of the questions, staying as patient as he could. But eventually, the voice disappeared, the wind came back, and Vale was out all on his own. The wind pressed on, and he rubbed his arms, trying to keep himself warm. It was so dark. Had it always been this dark? Finn, he whispered. Abigail. No answer. Elias. Foggy. Dogbot thingy, any of you guys, come on, where are you? Come on, Vale, pull it together, Vale. 
What's that sound, Vale? Said Vale. Stop saying your own name so much, Vale. It's weird. Vale entered the circle with the blue light, and he turned to look at the face of the statue closest to him. And when he looked the sculpture in the eye, his whole body, his whole heart, went numb. And Vale felt like he was the statue. There, assembled in a circle, were his friends, frozen solid, ice coating their spacesuits. He stared into Finn's eyes, his face frozen in panic, mouth open. Vale barely noticed that something was materializing out of the moisture in the air, right above the blue flame. Little drops of water and snowflakes and bits of ice came together. He turned his head to look. They were crystallizing right before Vale's eyes. Into a sort of small ice creature, its eyes bright blue and dazzling, burning with the same intensity of the blue flame. The eyes turned to Vale, and the creature said, What you doing? Okay, I am here with my editor and my son, Griffin Messenger. Wow. All right, Griff, what did you think about that episode? Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. And uh, so let me hear it. Any questions you got for me? Yeah, and I wonder what what happened to Voltronics. We never saw him during the page episodes and we never saw him during these episodes. Yeah, he's still drifting off somewhere. We don't know. I mean, probably on another planet battling. <laughs> I, I maybe. I mean, the presumption is that he's somewhere in between Graco's planet and King Huxley's planet, but where we don't know. What do, what do you think about the how this season we're kind of going back and forth between two storylines? It's kind of like a a book, like a book called Redwall, where they were jumping back and forth between uh, the battle at the Abbey. And Matthias. Seeking. Whoa, hey, spoiler alerts. If you haven't read Redwall yet, we can't give away what Matthias was doing at that point. Seeking. No, 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 no. Sword. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. From Asmodeus. All right. So, um, yeah, you're right. It's kind of like a, a kind of classic storytelling technique where you have parallel stories going on, one happening in one place, one happening in another. And eventually the idea is that they're going to converge in some way, right? Yep. One other thing I just wanted to say is that the kind of odd, ghostly alien character in this episode was really inspired by a series of books that you and I read, which we haven't read in a while, but the Ghost Hunters books by Cornelia Funka. But if you like, uh, if you like ghost stories kid-friendly ghost stories. Ghost Hunters is a great series. Yep. All right. So let's move on to our art for this week. Art time, art time, time for art. (laughs) All right. Okay, so for today's art, we have Garrett, who is six from Iowa, who made a really cool drawing of the whole Marlowe crew surrounded by some planets. Mirabelle, who is seven from Melrose, Massachusetts, who made a very funny drawing of Bebop buying some art to eat. (laughs) And our old pal Sebastian from Redwood Shores, California, drew a couple of drawings for us, including the two-headed bobs. Alexis, who is seven 
from Tampa, Florida, she drew a picture of Paige, and Paige is reciting her poem from episode three of this season. <laughs> it's really funny. You got to check that one out. Farah, who is seven from Rhode Island, drew a really cool drawing of Bebop with a president number one sticker on his chest. <laughs> so I know that he'll definitely love that. And then Logan, Lydia, and Levi, all from Brownwood, Texas, each drew us some really nice drawings on one of Bebop's favorite foods, construction paper. So thanks so much to them for that. And then siblings Nikki and Alex from Albany, California, each drew us some really cool drawings. Nikki drew the dino from Bebop Tales, and Alex drew Abigail riding the monster up Cannonball Mountain. <laughs> yeah, and there's a bunch of cannonballs. And then Vivian, who's 11 from Naples, Florida, drew really cool drawings of Finn, Abigail, Foggy, Bebop, and herself. She has kind of a manga style of drawing that's really neat. And she gave us a joke in that drawing that we'll tell a little bit later. And finally, Michaela, who is 10, from Austin, Texas, drew us a mind-blowing presidential poster for Bebop, including one drawing of Bebop kissing a baby. Poor baby. <laughs> okay, that's it for art for today. Up next are the jokes. Okay, and so let's do Vivian's joke first. Vivian wrote her joke on the art. Her joke was, what did one galaxy say to the other galaxy when they collided? I don't know. Dude, I need some space. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. All right, and then up next is uh, Gabriel, and Gabriel is going to tell us his joke. Hi, my name is Gabriel, and I am nine years old, and I am from Bloomington, Indiana, and I have a joke for you. Finn had no idea that getting on a spaceship would literally turn his life upside down. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. Thanks, Gabriel. That's a, a good original Finn Caspian joke. And then we have a joke from Leaf. Leaf, tell us your joke. I'm Leaf from San Diego, and my joke is, which skates do aliens skate on? Which skates do aliens skate on? I don't know. alien skates. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Leaf, for that joke. And then finally, a joke from Sandris from Oakland, California. Here we go, Sandris. What's Bebop's favorite vegetable? Art! It choked. <laughs> That's pretty great. Uh, Bebop is going to love the fact that someone wrote a joke for him. <laughs> yep. Woohoo! Someone finally wrote a joke for me. <laughs> okay, so I think that's it for today, Griff. Okay, well, we're done recording. What book are we going to read? Beyond the Spiderweek Chronicles, The Worm King, the last book. <laughs> That's right, exactly right. Uh, yeah, we're almost done with the whole Spiderweek Chronicles series. I think that's about it then, buddy. Thanks so much for doing this with me. And you uh, want to say bye? Bye, bye, bye. All right. Bye, everybody. Okay. Thanks for coming back and having some more fun with us this week. And thanks to everyone who has sent in their art, their ideas, their jokes, their sounds. And shoutouts this week to Garrett, Mirabelle, Sebastian, Alexis, Farah, Logan, Lydia, Levi, Nikki, Alex, Vivian, and Michaela for the art, and Gabriel, Leaf, and Sandris for the jokes. The Alien Adventures of Fincaspian is a type drawer media production. 
Written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. The theme music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, recently voted the nicest human in the Milky Way. For more information about the music, the art, everything about the show, check out the show notes. Thanks again for coming back, listening, sending in your ideas. I just wanted to give a special shout out at the end of this episode to Marin from Brisbane, Australia, who recorded this amazing Finn Caspian News Network report. You can find it on our Twitter, our Facebook, our Instagram. Go check it out. It's really awesome. Marin did a fantastic job, super creative, and we're really touched that she made it for us. So we're at Finn Caspian on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You'll find it there. Thanks so much to Marin. We'll see you next week. Keep those pranks coming. 